This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to the Crystal Payne Show. As you can tell, I am not Crystal Payne. I am the guest host, Jesse Payne. Today's a very special day. Not only am I guest hosting today, that is why it's special, but something else is happening today. Crystal, what is that? My book is launching out to the world and it is available, or we're pre-recording, so let's hope there are no glitches, (laughs) but it should be available on Amazon to not just pre-order, but to actually order. And if you pre-ordered it, it should be in your mailbox today or sometime in the next few days. And it's also going to be available in bookstores and wherever books are sold. So it's a really, really exciting day. We've had months and months and months leading up to this. I'm sorry, a year leading up to this. Longer than a year because Jennifer Dukes Lee, she was on the podcast last week and she reminded me, she's my acquisitions editor, and she reminded me that she approached me in 2018 about this book. And here it is 2021 and it's finally coming out. Well, I am going to turn the tables on Crystal today and I am going to interview her. So we have some questions that were sent in that are burning questions for her to answer. And she has provided those to me and I will go through those with you now. And so here's what I want to know. Um, I have not read the questions yet. I haven't either. This should be fun. So this is really <laughs> going to be fun. 
But I did ask for people on Instagram to send in book-related questions. So they're all going to be just in celebration of the book launch. They're all going to be book-related. But I don't know which what they are. I literally glanced through them and that was it. And I have no idea which one Jesse is going to choose to ask. So we'll see. Okay. The first question I am making up. Uh-oh. So did you ever intend to write this book? Did I intend to write this book? Well, I mean... I did open up the computer and type the words. After your last book, did you ever intend to write another one? No. My last book, Money Making Mom, came out in 2015. And as you will remember, it was 2015 was a really hard year. Mm -hmm. It was, there were so many good things that were happening business wise. Mm -hmm. And I had this, you know, third book and it did well. And, I was traveling and speaking and being asked to be involved in so many different things and the business was thriving, but I really had lost my joy. Mm -hmm. I'd been at it for over 10 years of just being online and producing content and running a business and I was tired and I was really burning the candle at both ends. And so at the end of 2015, Money Making Mom came out in November 2015, if I'm remembering correctly. And I said, this is my last book. And also 2016 is going to look completely different. And I declared it my year of rest and basically said no to everything for a number of months until Mm -hmm. I kind of was at a place where I had space in my life to figure out what is it that I really want to invest my time and life in. And that was when then we started... I started to become much more involved in our community mm-hmm. and in the discipleship group at church. And, and, and then you had, you've had a lot of growth in that time period. Mm-hmm. I feel like I said, yes, I believe it was 2016 that I said yes to stepping into the discipleship program at our church, even mm-hmm. though that was one of the few things I said yes to. And I was very, very hesitant about it. And that ended up changing my life. Mm-hmm. And this book, Love Centered Parenting, would have never happened had it not been for saying yes to discipleship and the work that God did in my heart in that year. But I never expected that I was going to write another book until 2018, whenever Jennifer Dukes Lee came and she sent me an Instagram message. And I remember it was a video message and she was just saying, you know, I feel like there are more books left in you. And I had felt that stirring in my heart as well, but Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, maybe five years from now, because at that point we were feeling like, you know, in five years from now, the kids are going to be completely independent, need Mm -hmm. us very little, and maybe I would do more writing and speaking then. But surprise, God works in different ways. And I actually signed this book contract right after I had said yes to it already, but actually signed the book contract right after we'd found out that um, we were expecting Kirsten. And that really served as kind of an impetus for you to get the book done. And honestly, I think that this whole writing process was the best of all the books that you have done. Absolutely. By, I mean, I don't, it's, I can't even compare it to the other book writing processes because I, there was so much life for me. The other three mm-hmm. books that I'd written, they were, I mean, I'm passionate about the topics, time management, saving money, making money, but it was, it, it felt like a heavy burden over me. Mm-hmm. And the months that I was writing, it was a lot of stress. And 
It was very stretching. And in fact, Money Making Mom, I wrote it in the middle of the night. I got up, do you remember this? For three months, I got up from basically midnight till 4 a.m. and wrote the book because that was the only quiet that I could find in my life, which that is not a healthy (laughs) um, pattern to, I I would go back to bed and then sleep in. But still, it was just, I feel like in all three other books, my health suffered, our Mm -hmm. marriage suffered, our home suffered, the kids suffered, the business suffered. Mm -hmm. And this book has been the exact opposite. I agree. It's been a lot of work, don't get me wrong, but it's been work that has brought me so much joy and life. And I feel like the time that I spend on it, even now when I'm doing lots of media for it, it has felt like every time I do a podcast interview, sure, I'll I'll be tired if I do a series of podcast interviews in a row. I'm going to be tired after doing them, but I will have so much inspiration. In fact, a lot of blog posts and Instagram stories and content and even thinking of next book stuff keeps coming up because as I'm sharing this, I feel like, oh, I want to make sure and share about that. Oh, I didn't talk about that in the book. Oh, I needed to write about that. And that's that's been really cool. Plus, I feel like I've had a life mm-hmm. outside of the book and the book launch, and I've been able to get sleep. And just the whole thing has just been one of those things where you just know this was what God called me to do, and I'm stepping into what He is asking me. Not that it's easy, but you feel that inner peace. Yep. Okay. Oh, well, done with my questions here. All right. Our first question is, what was the most difficult part of the whole process? Okay. The most difficult part by far was the saying yes to the topic of writing about love-centered parenting. And that was not the title that we came up with in the beginning. That was the title that kind of grew out of the book. Typically, I write a proposal So I have a good idea of the topic, but I never have a title until usually until kind of in the thick of writing the book, the title kind of comes Mm -hmm. and you'll have some working ideas and stuff. But I knew that this was going to be a book on the last four years and my motherhood journey and how I've relearned how to parent and parenting from a relationship based parenting model versus a rules based parenting model. And really this focus of connecting versus constantly correcting and not trying to fix and bubble wrap our kids and micromanage them. And really how I've come to this place of parenting from freedom and joy and rest instead of stress and guilt and burden. But it's been a painful process and it involves my kids. And so I knew that sharing this book was going to require me to open up about things that I hadn't talked about yet on the internet. And we had to really wrestle through how much do we share and think about our kids' futures. And if we're going to share this, how would we share this? How do we do this well? How do we tell the story while also protecting our kids' identities and their future and just being respectful of that? And so that was the hardest part by far is just wrestling through that and praying through that and just coming to that place of peace over that. Second question, what are the best and the worst aspects of writing and publishing a book? The best aspect, I think, is the finished product. It is the 
hard, hard work that you put in. And it's not only the writing, but then there's so much that goes into editing and so much thought and time to make sure that the details are correct and that it's written well and crafted well. And so that is revision after revision after revision. And with this book, I hired Stacy Thacker. She came alongside me. And as I wrote each chapter, then she would uh, I'd send it to her and she would edit it and then send it back to me. And so there was a lot of editing that happened before I even send it to my publisher. And then once it goes to the publisher, you have a very intensive editing that happens just for the overall of the book. Then once you've done that, then you go into more the nitty gritty editing, the finer details and stuff. So it's just a lot of editing. But when you get to the finished product and you hold that book in your hands, which I just got the finished product a few weeks ago. And so to have that and to hold it in your hands, it's a little bit like after you've birthed the baby, (laughs) it just feels like, I made this. Like it's just this <laughs> weird feeling and there's just a lot of fulfillment that comes from that and the hard work and effort. Um as far as the worst part, I actually skipped over one of the parts that I really didn't enjoy in the past and that was asking for people to help promote the book and the typically a publisher is going to expect that you're going to go to your network of people and you're going to ask everyone you know who has anyone who follows them, if they would please promote the book. And this time around, I just, that was one of those things that I really didn't enjoy doing. I don't like to make ask of people and I don't like anyone to feel obligated. And so this time around, I actually didn't. And my publisher, they allowed me to just put it out on my Instagram and invite people that if they wanted to promote the book, if they wanted to do a giveaway, if they had a certain number of followers, or if they wanted to be part of the launch team, or if they wanted to write an endorsement, we gave lots of different opportunities and people actually signed up and volunteered. And that was a really cool thing to be a part of. And it's just very humbling to have so many people coming alongside and wanting to volunteer to be part of the process of launching this book. One thing about the book that I've noticed, and you showed it to me, was the all the endorsements at the beginning of the book are all regular moms. They're not big name celebrity types that you know provide some kind of marketing power behind the book. It's it's actual people that have read the book that like the book that have been impacted by the book. How do you decide on a focus or topic or direction for your books? Great question. So I feel like for me, it's whatever I am not only passionate about and something that I feel like I have experience with to write on, but also things that have resonated with my audience. And so As I was thinking of writing Love Center Parenting, I started really putting out different things to my audience, specifically on Instagram, but also on Facebook and also in blog posts and also in my email newsletter. And I did this back when, so I had signed the contract in October, I believe it was. And so October, November, December, as I was just kind of letting a lot of things marinate to get ready to start writing in January, I put out a lot of content 
on those different spaces online to test the waters with the material. And then as I was writing, I did the same thing as well. And I asked some questions and sometimes I said, Hey, this is research for my book. And sometimes I didn't. And so that gave me more of a holistic viewpoint of how people would respond, where people were at. And it helped me to just kind of solidify what would work with this. But I think overall it's what has resonated. And so with Love Centered Parenting, I knew that the, over the last four years, I've talked a little bit about the journey. And every time that I talk about it, those posts in particular will get a lot of comments and a lot of engagement and a lot of follow-up questions. And I've had many, many people request and say, would you just please write more on this? Would you write a book on parenting? Which by the way, Love Centered Parenting has parenting in the title, but it's much more than that because I'm in the trenches with you. And so it's hard for me to describe without just having the whole book for you to read, but it's much deeper. And like a lot of the reviews have said, it's a very different parenting book. That's what I'll say. Hopefully you'll get a copy and you'll, you'll be able to see for yourself. Do you have any advice on how to start writing your first book? So typically you're going to have a proposal And this proposal is usually going to be 20 to 40 pages long. It's going to have your topic and you're going to flesh out why you want to write this, why you're qualified to write this, what other books are written on this topic and how your book is going to be different than those books. You're also going to share who you have relationships with, who might be willing to endorse or promote the book. And then you're going to have the outline for the book and the first chapter. So the proposal is really comprehensive. And then typically you're going to find an agent who is willing to have you as their client, I guess that's, was that what it'd be called? And then that agent is going to take your proposal. They might help you fine tune it, refine it, and then they're going to go pitch it to publishers. And then a publisher hopefully is going to make an offer based upon that. You might have a few offers and then you get to choose. And so that's really how you get started. Now, typically a an agent is not going to consider you unless you already have an audience built up and a publisher is not going to want to make an offer for you unless you have an audience built up. So if you want to write a book and you want to get a book deal with a publisher where they're going to pay you in advance and pay to publish the book for you, so you're not having to self-publish and pay for it yourself, I highly recommend that you start just working on building your platform. And I hate that word platform, honestly, because you know, I think it's not like we're putting ourselves above people, but really building a community is a better word. I, I like that of people who they want to hear what you have to say and they are encouraged or inspired or um, they find value in what you're sharing because that is how a publisher or an agent is going to take notice of you because they're going to expect that you are going to sell the majority of the books, especially when it comes to pre-orders and the initial sales you have to be the one to get the book, kind of like get the snowball rolling. And if you don't have that momentum with your pre-built audience, then they're probably not going to really be excited about it because it's not proven in the market in the sense of that if your words, if you're putting words out there and hardly anyone is listening, then to them that says that they don't know if books are going to sell. And for them, that's their bottom line. So 
it's not true just if no one's listening that you don't have great things to say because you do. But I think being willing to put in the time and effort to build up that kind of portfolio for an agent and for a publisher can be really helpful. Now, if you're saying, I don't want to do the social media thing, or I don't want to go through a publisher, I'd like to self-publish, or I'd like to consider self-publishing. I highly recommend reading Chandler Bolt's book, Published, because he tells you everything you need to know, all the basics to be able to self-publish your book on Amazon. And I know many people have been very, very, very successful doing that and kind of just circumventing the whole agent and book deal process and just going straight to publishing on Amazon. So you were touching on some on publishers and agents. There's been a, a couple questions here about those two roles. How did you come across your publisher, your current publisher, and you've had a couple different publishers as well as your agent? So my first book deal was with Simon and Schuster. It was called The Money Saving Mom's Budget. I really kind of don't recommend reading that book because I didn't have a proposal. I didn't have an agent and I didn't have a clue. So when you read that book, if you ever do, you can get it from your library. Don't buy, don't pay for it. Um, I know I'm a terrible book saleswoman, but it's really not worth your money. Um, <laughs> a lot of people said it's got a lot That's of great- how you can save money. A lot of people say it's got a lot of great things in it and it does have very helpful things in it, but I don't think the actual bones of the book are strong. And that's because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't have a good editor to come alongside me. I didn't have a proposal. I didn't have an outline. And so, yeah, it is what it is. It's just kind of like a lot of blog posts that are kind of coddled together, coddled, cobbled, cobbled together into chapters anyway. But that was with Simon and Schuster and they actually found me through my blog and they offered me a book deal. Uh, so I didn't have an agent. And I, looking back, we wished I would have had an agent because we would. there were some things in the contract mm-hmm. that kind of ended up being difficult to work around, but we didn't know any better. And so there's that. And then I ended up getting an agent, but then she left her agency. And so then I found another agent and worked with her for my next two books, which were published with Thomas Nelson. And she did all the work to get that. Um, And then this book, Love Center Parenting, is with Bethany House Publishers. They are a division of Baker Books. And I actually did not have an agent. And like I said earlier, they actually came to me through Jennifer Dukesley, who is an acquisitions editor. And an acquisitions editor is basically who acquires the book. So they are going to meet with the agent typically, or they're going to view your proposal. You can even send a proposal to an acquisitions editor and they are going to then take it to the publisher and say, Hey, I would like to acquire this book. And then it's their responsibility to work with the author in the initial process to make sure that the book kind of checks all the boxes so that it's submitted correctly. And then they're going to work and do the initial big deep dive edit. So they have to believe in the book themselves. And so that's why your proposal is so important to really be able to showcase to them. This is something that is worth their time and effort because they have a lot of books that come across, lots of proposals that come across their desk. And so yours needs to stand out in order for them to want to bring it to the publisher and the publisher then to say yes. Do you ever get tired of the subject that you're writing about, LOL. 
I would say with Love Center Parenting, I have not in any way, shape or form gotten tired of talking about this. I feel like I have a lot more that I want to say. And as I'm doing, well, you should have laughed about that one, that I have a lot more that I want to say because I never tire for words. That's why I hope you don't, this isn't your last book. Because you want to just get those as many words as you can put out other places instead of in conversation with you, the better, right? But it is a newer topic for me and one that I haven't written about in a lot of depth on the internet. I've talked about it and I've, we've done podcasts and I've written Instagram posts and done a few blog posts, but it's not like the topic of money, which I have, I feel like I remember when I was doing the interviews for the money saving mom's budget, there was a point whenever I just kind of was like, I have talked about this so much that you kind of get where you're like, you can kind of get a little bored of your topic. Although I would say with, with every, every book, each of the topics are things I'm very passionate about. And I think you really have to be in order to be successful as an author, because you are going to have to promote and market the book a lot. And so if you don't believe in it, then you got a problem. And if you don't want to talk about it, until you're blue in the face for months and months and months and months, then you probably shouldn't be probably shouldn't be writing a book on it because the they say that 95% of the work comes after you've written the book and that's the marketing and the publicity type of stuff. And so you're going to have to be talking about it a ton and have a lot of passion for it and talk about it from a lot of different angles. So yeah. I don't know. Did that answer the question? I think so. Would a non-religious, not looking to become religious person enjoy your book? So this is a great question and one that I have gotten asked multiple times. And I think it's important to cover because I want to be really upfront that I wrote Love Center Parenting for Christians. Bethany House is a Christian publisher. It is my first book that is very much written expressly for Christians. And what I mean by that is that I am assuming that the reader is a Christian. And so I'm using language that assumes that. However, I know of some people who have read it who were not Christians and who said they found it very valuable. But I don't ever want someone to think that it's written for a secular audience and then be surprised or frustrated or disappointed. So that would be my answer to just know that there are Bible verses in it. There is language in it that is very much towards Christians, but I do feel like there are many principles in it that would be valuable no matter what faith background you're coming from. All right, wrapping up. What are you most excited about this book, whether it be about the process or about the going forward and marketing of the book, the, the impact that you want the book to have? I think what I'm most excited about is the potential that this message has to change lives. And with my other books, Money Making Mom, Say Goodbye to Survival Mode, and The Money Saving Mom's Budget, yes, there was valuable content in them. But it wasn't at the same depth as this, where I feel like this book could change your life, change your home, change the trajectory of your kids' futures. And I know that that's a big 
promise to make. But as we've seen in our home, these principles have radically transformed our home. And our kids are different. We're different. The tone of our home is different because of Love Center Parenting. And I have heard from many, many moms who have little kids, who have preteens, who have teenagers, who even have kids who are no longer living at home. They are empty nesters. And they are writing to me saying, this book is completely changing everything that I have thought about parenting, all the way that I have approached parenting. It is giving me so much freedom and hope and joy and excitement for parenting. And for me, that is what I am most excited about because I think that the principles in here to love, to lean in and love, to listen well, to lead with humility and to let go and ultimately to understand how much we are loved and to live out of that love, the freedom and the joy and the rest and the peace that I have and I believe that anyone can have, that is what gets me super, super excited to see how God has changed my heart in the last four years and God has changed our home and to think the ripple effect that this could have for generations to come. It just, I can't even put into words how excited I am. And that's why I'm so passionate about this message. And that's why I'm so grateful to each and every one of you who have pre-ordered a copy of Love Center Parenting. And if you haven't yet, I would just encourage you, if you can't afford it, go ask your library to carry it. Many, many, many libraries are willing to carry it if you just ask them. So if your library isn't carrying it yet, go put in a request and ask them to carry it because that gets the book out to a whole bunch more people because it's sitting on a library shelf and who knows who all is going to pick it up because of that. But then if you're able to get a copy for yourself, go to amazon.com or bookshop.org or christianbook.com or your local bookstore and grab a copy of Love Center Parenting, The No-Fail Guide to Launching Your Kids. And my hope in my heart is that this book and this message is going to sink in deep, that you will understand how much you are loved, that you will live out of that love, that you will begin to believe the truth instead of living under lies, and that you will parent from that place of love, and you will begin to experience the freedom, the hope, the joy, and the peace that can come from that. I just wanted to tell you how proud I am that you have put so much work into this book and to see this come to fruition. And the the impact that I'm seeing on so many families that are writing in and saying, you got to get this book. It's it's completely different than what I thought that this was going to be about, about a parenting book. You know, oftentimes we look at, at a topic and we, we go into it thinking with a certain frame of mind. And this is, it's almost a complete paradigm shift in, in, in how you think of what parenting is, what failing is, what... The, the, the tagline, the, the no-fail guide, it's catchy, but it's true because with this paradigm shift that, that you discuss, you're not going to fail. You can't fail. It's impossible to fail. And it's, it's almost like those art displays that I have seen with, they've got the pieces hanging down from the ceiling 
and it looks got all gobbled up. And, and but if you turn a certain direction, everything lines up into a certain display or a shape or or a picture of some sort. And th- that's kind of like what this this book is. It's shifting your focus, and you can completely see things in, in a completely different manner. And I trust that if you do pick the book up, you will be impacted and challenged, and hopefully um, it will change your family forever. And thank you so much for being with me in this journey, not only the last four years as we kind of relearned how to parent from this place of relationship-based parenting versus rules-based parenting, but also for you know, giving your total blessing on me writing this really raw and vulnerable account that opens up a lot of our kind of family's secrets or something to the public. (laughs) And then for you just constantly being such an encouragement to me and a cheerleader for me throughout the entire process. And especially as we're in the middle of launch, there's a lot of extra on my plate, which means there's a lot extra on your plate. And you've just so willingly stepped into that and said, I know this is what God has called you to do. I'm here with you. I am going to be holding up your arms and cheering for you and walking with you. And it just means so much. And I'm just so grateful. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 